Welcome back to episode 61 of Insects for Fun, the weekly entomology podcast hosted by your not-so-local entomologist. Before we dive in, if you're a fan of the show, make sure to rate it and leave a review if you can on whatever platform you listen. It's real easy to do, and the impact is incredible. We're almost at 50 ratings on Spotify and 20 ratings and reviews on Apple, which are the only ones I can really check, to be honest. But the current goal is to get those numbers to 100, And if I'm being real, I think we could have done that a long time ago, based on followers alone. It's spooky season, and this week we're going to talk about roaches. Because, why not? They're totally spooky to many, including myself. And there is a lot of information out there that most people just have no idea about. So this episode, we're going to tackle all things roach, and get to the bottom as to what's scary about them and what isn't. Cockroaches belong to the order Blatodia, of which there are 4,600 species. Yeah, that's a lot. And they're all pretty different. In fact, humans only really come into contact with about 30 of those. And if you happen to be a US citizen, it's much less. But simply telling you this isn't going to change how you feel. So we're going to move along. Now, when it comes to the roaches that we most often see and deal with, those would be the German roaches and the brown banded roach. These are the only two domestic roaches, which means they live exclusively in our living quarters and they've actually been living with us since we were living in caves. Now, fortunately or unfortunately, they are also on the smaller side, so they don't really make big flashy appearances. I'll be putting pictures up on the Instagram page and Facebook so you guys can check them out. Let's start off our episode with German roaches. This small light brown roach with dark bands on its head happens to be the most common one and is found throughout the entire world. Its place of origin, however, is not Germany. You see, this roach started its journey in Borneo, which is a tropical island in the South China Sea. They were just doing their thing within caves for thousands of years, but then people started to store their peppercorns in these caves for the spice trade in the 1600s. I think you can probably guess what happened next. Fast forward to today, now we have these annoying critters everywhere. But it wasn't just the food that was necessary for their survival. In fact, their populations actually exploded only after plumbing got introduced around the world. And they happen to love kitchens and bathrooms. A German roach can actually last for 12 days without food and water. But with access to water, they can live up to 42 days without food. Of course, German roaches do prefer having food and they mostly stay near it in kitchens or cupboards, etc. These ones, like most indoor roaches, are active at night and early morning before sunrise. You might not see them often, but one way to know you have them is if you see small pepper-like droppings around. Unfortunately, German roaches are on the faster side when it comes to reproducing, and a female roach can lay up to 8 othecas in her life with each one carrying up to 48 eggs. They actually carry these around too, until right before they hatch. Now, I know you want to know how to get rid of them, and I will tell you, of course. But before that, I want to share some information about the second domestic roach. The brown-banded roach is another small roach that honestly looks pretty similar to the German one, at least when it comes to males. The females have a different body shape with brown bands on the abdomen and the nymphs also have these brown bands. These roaches used to be incredibly common, 
but these days they aren't so much. It's believed that air conditioners have sort of ruined housing for them by making the environments too cool, because these guys prefer much warmer temperatures and are actually believed to come from Africa. They are now found across the world thanks to US troops from World War II, but again, they aren't too common. I don't think I've ever seen one, but I know for a fact I've seen German roaches, even here in Japan. Now, unlike German roaches, the brown banded ones do not spend the majority of their time near food. In fact, another name for these are furniture roaches, because they can be found anywhere with furniture, such as living rooms, bedrooms, and even behind framed pictures on walls. The brown banded roach prefers to stay at higher elevations, with their othecas being found in the upper third of wall spaces. A brown banded female can lay up to 13 of these in her life but each one only has up to 18 eggs. Also, yes, Otheca is the term used for mantis egg cases as well. Turns out roaches and mantids aren't actually that different, but I'm gonna tell you about that later. So now I've mentioned the two domestic roaches, and here's why you don't actually want them in your home. Roaches are a source of allergen and cause asthmatic symptoms or even asthma attacks in people who are sensitive. In fact, according to the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology, roach allergens are one of the most common. Yikes. You'd never notice them either, because they just kind of sit still with dust until they get stirred up when cleaning or moving furniture. What's scarier is that 78 to 98% of urban homes within America have between 900 and 330,000 roaches. Yeah, that's a very widespread, but uh, having 900 being the lower number is still terrifying. The problem with urban roaches is that they are not clean like farm-raised ones. And yes, people definitely farm roaches for their pets. My younger brother has bins filled with dubia roaches, which get fed fruits, vegetables, and protein powder. Now, I personally don't fear those at all because I know where they came from, and they aren't disease-ridden but I wouldn't trust any roach that comes crawling out of a drain or into your house from the streets because they're able to live in the worst of environments. In fact, roaches can carry and harbor E. coli, strep throat bacteria, pneumonia, salmonella, etc. But I think I've traumatized us all enough for the time being. So let's look at what we can do to get rid of them. The first and easiest thing to do if you suspect to have or have seen roaches in your home is to clean. Make sure your floors don't have crumbs, which isn't hard if you have a dog. Keep your kitchen surfaces clean, don't leave food in your sinks, and keep everything sealed tight. It's also recommended to keep your indoor humidity levels low, but I think most people are trying to do that anyway. Next, it's time to trap and vacuum any roaches you find. But to be honest, I wouldn't count vacuuming as the end-all solution, unless you filled your vacuum with bleach or alcohol. Because roaches are crafty creatures, and if there's a way out, they will find it. Now, if you happen to have roaches in your home and you're looking for a way to lure them out and trap them, then have no fear. It's totally possible to do so. The first method would be to use diatomaceous earth, which is a dehydrating powder created from fossilized algae. You basically want to sprinkle this in areas with known roach activity, and it will dehydrate them to death. The only downside is it's kind of messy and requires you to pick up dead roaches, which could really die anywhere. Now, if you're more interested in knowing exactly where those roaches are, then it might be a good idea to set up traps. 
One really good method for collecting roaches would be using boric acid or even baking soda. If you go the baking soda route, you want to take some food like diced up onions or something else that roaches want and cover it with baking soda. You leave this out in areas where you suspect there are roaches. But this of course means you need to make sure your animals won't be trying to eat this either. I would keep your pet safely in another room the night you do this or place the trap in an area where your animals can't access, like under your sink, in a cabinet or something. Using boric acid is similar, but instead you want a paper plate with a lure in the center like peanut butter and then sprinkle the boric acid around the lure on the plate so the insects are guaranteed to touch it. Again, I don't recommend doing this in an open area accessible to pets like dogs or cats. Boric acid targets a roach's nervous system, while baking soda makes them explode from the inside. Lovely, I know. But hey, that's why I'm not in the pest control business. Moving along to the non-domestic roaches comes the most well-known roach, and that would be the American cockroach. These are called peridomestic because they live around humans but don't rely on them. They don't actually come from America either. I don't know who's naming these things, but they clearly don't care about geography. American roaches actually come from Africa and were introduced into America via ships in the 1600s, similar to the German roaches. These ones usually invade our homes through pipes or cracks in infrastructure. I've actually seen terrifying videos where swarms of American roaches come running out of kitchen sinks. That's definitely not normal though, and it probably means there was a massive sewage break or flood nearby, which is making them all flee the underground. Either way, it's clearly a bad sign and you can expect something terrible. The American roaches are actually less likely to be in your home than they are in restaurants or other service industry places. And the reason is simply that there is more accessible food around. When I worked at Yukaku in Hawaii, which is a Japanese chain for all-you-can-eat meats, I would always see American roaches in the kitchen, looking for scraps on the floor in dark corners or underneath storage bins while cleaning. You really cannot escape them in urban areas. That being said, I should also mention that roaches in general do not like light. So if you're scared of seeing one or don't want to risk having them near you at night, you can simply leave a light on. It's a waste of electricity, but hey, it'll give you some peace of mind, I guess. Actually, here's a fun fact. The name cockroach comes from the Spanish word for them, cucaracha, which is derived from the Latin word blata, meaning insects that shuns the light. So earlier I mentioned that roaches and mantids aren't all that different. And here's why. The ancestors of roaches roamed the earth around 320 million years ago placing them in the Carboniferous period. This time period is characterized by having swamps with large ferns, fern trees, horsetail trees, fish, amphibians, and giant arthropods. The ancestor to roaches was actually three feet in length, and that wasn't anything extraordinary either. This ancestral roach happens to be the common ancestor to mantids and termites as well. In fact, all three of them are in the same superorder, Dictyoptera, and mantids separated from roaches around 127 million years ago, in the Cretaceous period, when a new proto-roach evolved with raptorial arms. Termites separated around this time as well. So yeah, I guess you can thank cockroaches for mantids and termites. And really, not all cockroaches are bad. 
there are plenty of cool ones out there as well, like the Madagascar hissing roaches, sky blue roaches in Guyana, and emerald roaches in Vietnam. I know for a fact that hissing roaches and emerald roaches are sold in kept as pets, with the emerald ones fetching a higher price. But I'm not sure about the sky blue ones. Now, moving along, let's get into the myths and facts regarding cockroaches, because I think a lot of us have heard quite a few. One of the most commonly spread rumors is that roaches can live without their heads. And this is actually true, to an extent. You see, if a roach loses its head, it can still walk around and breathe. But it's not going to live a normal life. Far from it, because uh, it's actually going to starve. Now it has no way of eating or drinking. So, yeah. Another big myth is that roaches will release their babies if you step on them. This is not a given scenario at all. And if you do step on a pregnant one, you can be sure those eggs are now scrambled. However, if you only crush the upper half of the roach and an Othika comes out, then those might still be viable. Here's a fun one. Cockroaches can survive microwaves. And yeah, they can. Actually, cockroaches don't go through nearly as many cell divisions as we do. And because the rate at which they do is slower, they can withstand up to 125% more radiation than other animals. Can they survive a nuclear bomb? Uh, no. But they'll last longer than we would in the aftermath. Here's another good one. Roaches only live in dirty homes. This is actually false. You can have a home that is spotless and still have roaches. They'll even resort to eating bar soap if you have nothing else available. And with that, this wraps up today's topic. But we're not quite finished. I'm going to share with you a piece of this month's bonus episode available on Patreon, because it really is a different flavor from the mainline content, and I go into much broader topics. Here's a clip. Have you ever wondered where butterflies originated from? Or what flowers the first butterflies started feeding from? Well, now you can stop wondering, because I'm about to tell you. The Natural History Museum in Florida has created the largest butterfly tree of life, with the help from research organizations around the world, and it shows us exactly where the first butterflies came from and what they were feeding on. This tree of life was made by using DNA from over 2,000 species of butterflies representing all families, and 92% of the genera known today. They also had 11 butterfly fossils, which were necessary for piecing this puzzle together. After the completion of the world tree, it became clear that butterflies actually originated from North and Central America. I for one was not expecting that outcome at all. And because of that, I find this extremely interesting. And you know what else is really interesting? The first host plants for these butterflies were bean plants. Butterflies then made their way across the globe moving west into Asia with Europe as their final destination. Truth be told, there are not a lot of butterfly species in Europe, and the majority of what they do have can be found in other parts of the world, which I guess is just further proof for the results of this very long study. There's plenty more where that came from on patreon.com forward slash insects for fun. As always, thank you for listening. And if you've enjoyed the episode, please make sure to rate and review the podcast. Again, it's easy to do, and it really helps grow the show. You can check out images at the Insects for Fun Instagram and Facebook page, 
And if you'd like to send me an email, you can do so at insectsfordummies at gmail.com. That's insectsfordummies at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and you'll hear from me again next week.